The Mount Rushmore of Broadcasting. He's not on it, but he's on this podcast. Welcome to the Jim Day Podcast. And welcome in back for another round of the Jim Day Podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We've had a lot of positive comments. Our last two episodes, parts one and two with Bronson Arroyo, lots of positive things said from there. And if you're just picking us up, Please check out our archives because uh, we've had some fun on this. If you're just joining us, uh, these are loose conversations that I have had with uh, broadcasters and players and former players, and we're uh, hoping to carry this into the future. If you'd like to follow along with me, I'm at Jim Day on Instagram and Twitter, and we hope you check out Reds.com, MLB.com, and all of the MLB podcasts that are out there, and we're proud to be on the MLB platform. we got another treat today. Today, it's Jared Hughes, the current Reds bullpen pitcher. And the Reds, before last season, signed Jared Hughes. And first day in Goodyear, Arizona, walk into the clubhouse in spring training, and I had never talked to Jared Hughes ever. I'm not sure any of our media that was following the Reds had. And immediately just makes a beeline towards us and, and me. I was in a group, a small group of, of media contingent, and immediately came up and looked me in the eye and shook my hand and said, Hi, I'm Jared Hughes. Nice to meet you. I just want you to know that if there's anything you need, just ask me. And I'm like, Wow. Now, this has happened before, but I got to tell you, in, in the past, sometimes it's been fake. The guy's just trying to endear himself to the new media and didn't really follow through. There hasn't been a day that Jared Hughes hasn't followed through. And I've said this about some other guys that have been on this podcast so far. I mean, you can tell who my favorite guys are because I've had them on this podcast already. But Jared immediately went into that category because he as he is as genuine as they come. He is friendly, he is knowledgeable, he gets it and from what I hear from other team, uh, his teammates, just a terrific teammate. Now, I'll never forget he showed up in the clubhouse and, you know, he'd done all of his pitching um, with the Pirates and the Brewers. So he had faced the Reds a lot, uh, exclusively in the National League Central. And he went around to each hitter and said, listen, I have made a living looking at scouting reports of how to get you guys out. So... I know how pitchers attack you. If you would like to pick my brain on that, please do. And boy, did they ever. And in he's like a, a, a grandpa, dad, coach, teammate, all in one in the bullpen. He sits down there. He charts every pitch of every pitcher completely into the game. And you want to talk about mentoring younger pitchers. I mean, Jared Hughes is outstanding. Now, I love characters of the game, and when he pulls that hat down and that bullpen door opens and he sprints to the mound, running, and we'll talk about this, running, and he says he has a ridiculous running form, uh, nicknamed the ostrich because he runs sort of like an ostrich. When he sprints to the mound and then huffs and puffs once he gets to the mound, I love that. It never, ever gets old to me. And he continues to just be a joy to be around and an outstanding pitcher as well. What a sinker ball he has. So hope you enjoy the conversation with Jared. Now, we had a a conversation uh, in spring training, which you're going to hear. And then we will go back to last year where I had him take the terrible test. And these are the series of questions that we've done on a few of these podcasts. A lot of things of pop culture and you'll get to know Jared Hughes. So we'll stop down and then we'll. We'll bring that to you as well. So it's a full gamut of Jared Hughes. What a dude here on the Jim Day podcast. All right, Jared Hughes, welcome to the Jim Day podcast. What an honor. Thank you for having me on. 
<laughs> an honor? Come on now. No, it is. This is all the talk of town. It's all over uh, social media. Everybody's <laughs> talking about it in the clubhouse. This is the coolest thing in camp. Come on. They're talking about it in the clubhouse? That's no, right. Not. Yeah, with all these Dodgers on our team, I think the LA media is picking it up too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, Reds are becoming world famous. Just so you know, fans, Jared Hughes sprinted to the room here, um, just like he does to the mound to do this podcast, correct? Or am I embellishing that? Well, I sprint everywhere I go. Uh, even if you <laughs> see me at the grocery store, if I'm ever at Kroger in the off season, you might hear somebody breathing really hard in the aisle next to you. Don't worry, that's just me running. <laughs> Where, um, how often do you get, um, so you'll say, hey man, I'm a Major League Baseball player, and they're not sure who you are, but then you're like, I'm the guy that sprints to the mound. They're like, oh yeah, that guy. All the time. Yeah, I definitely people know that I sprint to the mound. That's the only reason they would recognize me but the thing I get most of the time is, oh, you're a basketball player, right? Really? Yeah, because I'm six seven. So people see me in the elevator or wherever, and they ask me where I play. Usually I'll say, no, no, baseball player. But every now and then, yeah, I'll tell them I went to Utah State, played center for a few years, fumbled around the D-League, and uh, now I'm uh, retired. <laughs> Which is a total embellishment, correct? That's a complete lie. Yeah, I stopped playing when I was a sophomore in high school. The story, though, of you sprinting to the mound is one of the best stories I've ever heard because you were – Literally, you thought your last pro start, right? You were at the end of your rope, and you were looking for anything to pull you out, right? Can you tell us this story? Yeah. So I was in AAA in 2011. Well, we'll start it even further back in 2011 spring training. My uh, my wife Kelly had told me, you know, this is this isn't like you you need to like make sure you have a career for our family. And I was going, I was 26 or about to turn 26 looking for a spot to play that season. The Pirates had told me that there was nowhere guaranteed that I would be coming out of minor league spring training, that if there was a spot open in AAA, I might make it. If there's a spot open in AA, I might make it, but nothing was guaranteed. So it came down to the end of camp. Someone got hurt. I made the AA team as the swing guy. Uh, one of their starters went down, so I yeah. was the swing guy. Um, and I kind of fumbled through the first couple months of the season in AA. Not going co so great. I was throwing sinkers like I do now, but in like the mid 80s and I was getting hit a bunch. And I remember there was one outing where I gave up five runs in five innings. And I was like, man, I did all right today. That was pretty good. Uh, so definitely my, I wasn't in a good place baseball wise. And the organization knew it. I knew it. It seemed like the road was coming to the end. Um, and I, I talked to them about getting my education, uh, going back to school. I told my wife that I was going to go back to school. So it was kind of like the end of the road, baseball-wise. Talked to my parents, told them I was going to stop playing or I was going to get cut soon. Just around then, it was probably early June, uh, I told Kelly, my wife, that I was going to fly home on like June 26th, I think it was. And if I w we had a ticket for me to, for her, no, excuse me, the ticket was for her to fly to Indianapolis, but I was in Altoona, double A. And if I hadn't gotten called up triple A by that time, I was going to fly home and stop playing baseball and start going back to college and get my degree. Uh, so it was like the end of the road was close and like maybe early June, first two weeks, someone got hurt in AAA. Two guys got hurt. I got called up. So I was like, all right, this is great. I get to keep playing baseball for a little while longer. I'm in AAA. Uh, and I pitch my first outing is like the second day there in Buffalo. I'll never forget it. I felt like I was throwing beach balls up there. Oh no. I, yeah, it was bad. I gave up like two or three runs in a third of an inning. I got yanked with a couple guys on base. It wasn't pretty. Um, and I sat for 10 days. And I remember thinking, this is it. I'm going to get released. And I had a good friend who was one of our catchers who looked at me and he said, Jared, man, it's almost over for you. They're going to let you go now. Like, this is it. You should just go in. If you get another opportunity, sprint in, grunt on every pitch, give it your all, everything you have, man, just let it out, go crazy and see what happens. And then two months later, I was in the major leagues because I came in throwing about eight miles an hour harder. I went from 86 to 94 and the rest was history. That is incredible. Yeah. That one little change of one guy telling you to just let it rip. Right. Um, do you, did you feel the difference really? I mean, you sprinted in, I mean, you get to the mound and you're, I mean, it is a full dead on sprint. Right. And it changed you that much. I was just angry when I got out there. I knew that, you know, it might be it. So I'm going to give it all I had. Uh, and if I got hurt or whatever happened, who cared? Just let the anger flow through me. The, 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 Last chance, you know, like it's kind of like if you get somebody into a corner, then they fight. I felt like I was kind of in a corner and I had to fight to, to you know, pitch one last time, see how it went. And it went well. And I kept pitching and I made the big leagues pretty soon thereafter. I mean, it's incredible where you are now, uh, particularly in 2018. You were one of the premier relievers in all of baseball and you were literally at your 
at the end of the rope, you thought. Have you ever looked back and like, wow, I, I can't believe this has happened to me? It happens every day I show up to the field. I think, I mean, a lot of people that know me don't know me as the guy that is mean on the field and frowns and sprints in. They know me as a guy who's enjoying every day. And a big I can part- attest <laughs> to that. Yeah, now I've been around you enough. A big part of that is that I had this beautiful opportunity to play baseball today. I thought it was all over about nine, what, nine years ago or eight years ago. I thought that was it for me. So the fact that I've got, I'm able to show up today, put on a uniform, put on my glove and play catch, and then tomorrow I get a pitch in a game, it's something I thought I might never be able to do again. So every day is I'm just so thankful for that I'm able to come out here and play this game. It's unique enough that you sprint in from the bullpen because people, you know, you're sitting at a baseball game, you're like, you see this thing out of the corner of your eye and you think, well, was a fan on the field? No, that's, that's Jared Hughes coming into the game. It's unique enough, but your running style adds to the uniqueness to me. And you've been nicknamed the Ostrich, right? Right. That'll be on my jersey this year for Player Weekend. Um, yeah, Will it? Yes, the Ostrich. Breaking news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they allow it, yeah, they have to they have to give it the yeah. okay first. But I don't Oh, think, they should allow that. Come on. Yeah, I don't think Ostriches will be offended. I think they'll be I think it'll be okay. <laughs> you never know in yeah. today's day and age. <laughs> oh, we don't want to offend the Ostriches. But I was in college at Long Beach State and I would run my poles, which are like back and forth from pole to pole in the outfield for conditioning. And Tulowitzki, who was my teammate, Troy Tulowitzki, yeah, who's with the Yankees now, uh, one day said, "You know, man, I'm going to start calling you the ostrich because you run funny." <laughs> and from then on, I was the ostrich. Do how many people talked about your running style? Because not only you're running like an ostrich, but you're huffing and puffing, and you've got that look on your face, and you pull your hat way down, and it's just such a unique look. Right. I, people, people have made fun of me for it since I was in the sixth or seventh grade, probably. It's just how I run. And I walk kind of funny, too. And that's just who I am. Uh, and I've, I, I actually embrace when people make fun of me because, uh, I don't know, I just I, I like, I guess I, I like smiling. I like having fun. And if I'm the butt of that fun, sometimes that's okay with me because as long as we're having fun, it's good with me. When you get near the mound and you're, you're breaking it down, your head starts really going forward and you start. I, I just I love it. I, I think I just wish there were more characters in the game. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I, I think it is unique. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I, I'm glad you like it, Jim. I don't, hopefully, well, the opposing team does not. The opposing team probably does not. Well, I can speak from experience on that as well. Since you've been in the National League Central, uh, when you were on the other in the other dugout, you're like, oh, who's this guy sprinting in, man? I mean, well, what is this all about? Um, when you get to the mound, are you winded at all, or? Yeah, I'm always winded. I'm always winded, and I'm always a little angry, and I'm I'm just ready to compete. Uh, it's all a, it's just a physical place when I get out there, and being winded is good for me. I'm I always do better when I'm a little uh, out of breath, and I learned that that year in AAA. I learned right. that hey, if I'm a little out of breath out here, I'm throwing way harder, so I should just keep doing that. Sinker ball, you live on that bad boy, right? How important is the sinker ball to you? I mean, the sinker ball is the only reason I'm in the major leagues, I'd say. Yeah. If I didn't have a sinker, I, I don't think I'd be here right now. Um, it's, it's a great pitch. It's a pitch that gets the ball on the ground. And at Great American Ballpark, that's really important. And at a few other ballparks in our league, keeping ground balls going are what you want to do. Have you always been a guy that you're one of the guys that is – you talked about it a little bit. You're, you're always in a, a good mood. You're, you're very cordial. I remember last year when you showed up, you came up and introduced yourself to the media, said, hey, I'm Jared Hughes. I'm a pitcher. Whatever you guys need, let me know. And some people come off as fake in that regard. You are far from fake. You were very genuine about it. You're always there if needed. Have you always been like that? I think so. I've always been a baseball fan. Ever since I was really little, I was obsessed with the game. I would collect cards. I'd play video games. I was just obsessed. And the way I would get my information about my favorite players was through the media. So as soon as I had an opportunity to share information about our team and myself to the media, I, under, I understood that that's how the fans get their info, info a lot of times. Yeah. So why not? Hey, you, you guys are the reasons we're here. Like the fans are, if, without the fans, there's no game of baseball, right? If no one's right. watching, then we're just playing at a field somewhere. It's, it's all about the fans. So any way I can get info to them is good. And that's, that's the media. Well, you're an open book and we appreciate that. And I know the fans appreciate that. When you showed up spring training last year with the Reds, you, and correct me if I'm wrong, you went to the position players and said, listen, I've been in the National League Central uh, with the Pirates and the Brewers. It's been my job to get you out. I know the scouting report on you. I know how pitchers go about to attack you. Did you go to them and say, hey, if you want 
me to share that scattering report with you, I would be glad to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I still have uh, scattering reports from other NL Central teams or just that I did myself on guys on our team now. So I share that information with them without a doubt. I need them to know uh, what guys are going to do against them. Uh, and they, a lot of them want to know, some don't, because they just follow, follow their approach, and that's what works. And if you're 100% good at uh, your strength, then a lot of times that still works because pitchers make mistakes. But uh, even someone like Joey, Joey, it's, it's interesting because he's so good, but he still wants to know so much. It's like he's a constant student of the game of baseball. So he was one of the guys that came to me and asked me what he thought pitchers were doing against him. Obviously, he already kind of knew because he's so smart, but he just wanted to hear another voice telling him. Yeah, he's incredible in that he'll he'll switch mid-season where pitchers will be attacking him a certain way for the first half of the season. Then they'll adjust and attack him, attack him a different way. And, man, he makes two or three adjustments during the season. He's incredible. Absolutely. He makes them day-to-day, just seeing him work. I think that a big thing about Joey is his patience and his uh, awareness of the strike zone. I feel like facing him over the years, if I didn't throw him a strike, there was no way he was going to swing at it. Right. And as a pitcher, that's like – when you're just like, well, I may as well throw it down the middle and see how it goes. <laughs> it's kind of a tough way to approach yeah. a hitter. In the bullpen, every time I look down there or we take a shot of you on TV, you've got the clipboard going, and you are constantly taking notes. The other guys in the, the bullpen marvel at the information that you give to them and constantly talking baseball down there. Take us a, a night in the bullpen. What's going on down there? Well, a lot more focus is paid on the game uh, when we're – pitching when our when our guys are in the field uh because that's what we really need to pay attention to is how things are going against the opposing hitters because that's what we're going to be doing later in the game so if there's a certain pitch a guy looks terrible on that day maybe there's something going on and we need to pay attention to it or if a guy has been pitched a certain way all game and he's having success against it um then we need to make sure we make an adjustment so for me yep taking the notes that's what i'm taking down there i'm just kind of paying attention to the game and then when our guys are at the plate, it's a little different. It's more of a rah-rah, like keeping in, into the game. But I don't know. We can share stories and stuff. So it's, it's, a, it's a little mix down there. There's definitely a lot of fun being had. Uh, but when our guys are on the mound, I try, to, I try to stay locked in and keep our guys locked in too. All right, take us off the field a little bit. We did a few little blurbs on TV about this, but you are a guy that keeps a journal. Yes, and the yeah. journal has become legendary. And we're, we're talking about folks wake up like you you write down wake up right wake up and just go throughout your day and write stuff down you even wrote down this podcast Thursday you know got to do the gym day podcast so have you always journaled I've got a really bad uh, memory so for me when I write things down it helps me remember them maybe it's not a bad memory that's just how I how I remember things is by writing them down so, uh, yeah, it, it's always been something that I've done. It's something that I've done more later in my life because I've realized how much it's helped me. And when I say in my life, I'm 33. So later in my career so far uh, that, I've, that I've done. Yeah, you're, you're getting old, man. <laughs> 33. Yeah, in the game of baseball these days, though. that's a, Well, that's yeah. true, yeah. It's not so bad. But, no, it's something I really enjoy doing. I enjoy journaling. It helps me remember lessons that I've learned. So if it happens to be against a left-handed hitter in the NL Central, like Matt Carpenter, I can write down how I faced him last June. And if it comes to last September, I can remember what my previous bats were against him. Obviously, I can go to the video, but for me, the actual moment and learning right there is always the best way to jot it down. And of course, the most important entries you make into the journal are things that involve the wife, right? Yeah, yeah. If there's ever anything that has to do with scheduling, uh, she, she loves planning and I'm not great at planning. So for me, writing things down, even like this interview, so that I can remember and then plan at home, that's huge too. Because nothing, nothing's like, if, I don't know, it's just different people are different ways, but I'm kind of scatterbrained, as you might be able to tell by how fast I talk, but I'm kind of scatterbrained. So being able to organize things on paper really helps me out, but also my wife, because then she kind of controls like the schedule. Well, welcome to the Scatterbrain Club. I'm a charter member. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thank you very much. I'm one of the originals. What an honor. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, do you write things in the journal, um, just personal or, or memories? Is, is it not just a schedule, but is it memories as well? Sure, yeah. I'll write down memories of uh, certain coaches that say very important things or certain ballparks. Uh, a lot of times the memories I have from across the league 
in all the ballparks, there are things that I don't even really need to journal. I'll just always remember because they're so unique. I know it's like a, it's like a first impression every time you walk into a ballpark yeah. across Major League Baseball where you're just like, well, okay, this is my first impression of this field, and that's pretty neat. And now I've been to all the stadiums. I haven't played in all of them, but I've been to all of them. And uh, I feel like I have a first impression on every stadium in the major leagues. Wow. Yeah. We're going to have to go through some okay. of those impressions coming yeah. up. Uh, I want to ask you finally about this journal. I've heard in the clubhouse, someone will give a, a some saying that's unique, whether it be motivation or whatever, and they'll scream, Jared, did you get that? Put that in the journal. You get <laughs> yeah. that a lot. Right? Oh, yeah. I get it all the time. Uh, just the other day, what was the one that came up? It was like a toughness quote, but it was, uh, if it's endurable, then endure it. I think I think I think it was Marcus Aurelius if I'm getting the name right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then there was another one. Jeez, uh, I, I come up with them all. I write, I write them down whenever I whenever I hear something really good or really motivational. Lee Tunnel, our bullpen coach, is like a man of motivation. He will post really? quotes in the bullpen, and he's got so many good things to say that I'm constantly writing down things from Lee. Wow. And you're sharing these these thoughts and these sayings all the time, correct? I try to like I try to repeat them. So if I see one that I really like, I'll repeat it throughout the day. I know last year we had one going around was that was a uh, it's time to stop pointing the index and stop and start pointing the thumb, right? So stop pointing at somebody else, stop start pointing at yourself uh, and take accountability. That's a great one. Um, I love when teammates, you said you don't mind that when, when people make fun of you. I love when teammates ride you because you're a guy that, that can take it, which I have to take a lot of abuse to from my colleagues, which, which is great. Um, but they told me a story of you going to a steakhouse and ordering milk. Yes, that actually happened. Definitely. It's <laughs> happened a number of times. I don't drink during the season, so I'm always looking for something else on the menu to drink. And I do like milk. So uh, <laughs> I definitely, over the years, and I, I've, I've ordered milk a number of times at team dinners, and it always gets brought up, and people always laugh and tease me about it. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm happy to be able to put a smile on their face. What is, I mean, folks, we're talking about like high end restaurants, steakhouses on the road. So what, what's the server? What's the reaction? What's their facial expression when you order milk? Do they look at you like, are you serious? <laughs> oh, yeah. They laugh. They laugh. A lot of times like, oh, good one. What do you really want? <laughs> no, I really want a milk if that's OK. Two percent if you have it. Hole's fine. Oh, wholesome Jared. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever heard you curse. Do you curse? I try not to. Honestly, in terms of baseball, well, it is a game and it is a clubhouse. I try to keep as professional of a workplace environment as possible around our team. Uh, and I try, to, I, I try to influence other guys to do the same thing because we should all be comfortable within the clubhouse. And I mean, cursing isn't really accepted at many jobs. Uh, there's some behavior like that that I try to avoid and I try to encourage other people to avoid too. What is the biggest thing that teammates make fun of you about? Uh, the biggest thing people make fun of me about is probably my run. I'd say it's got to be up there. Uh, the fact that I'm always like, I don't know. I feel like I have the team rules memorized and whenever they are, uh, whenever they are violated, I bring them up to people. So, and it could be in like the most ridiculous setting where everybody's just like totally calm and cool and collected. Just somebody breaks a team rule like, oh, Hey man, are you wearing flip flops over there? Interesting. And then I'll act like I write it down in my journal. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of those guys have memorized the team rules. I would be so <laughs> in trouble around you, although I'm not sure we have broadcast rules other than not to, you know, drop F-bombs. I'm going to have to find your broadcast rules, Jim, and <laughs> I don't hold think, you to them. I don't think we have any other than don't curse on the air. Although on live TV, you can do anything once. <laughs> you, you, you know, you might be fired afterwards, but you could do. Please don't and, test that theory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll try not to. Um, you know, you, you think about you and I, I called you wholesome Jared, um, which I don't know is a great term, but you know, um, you're a straight laced guy. Um, don't, don't drink a whole lot. You're a family man. But at the same time, a lot of people would be surprised that you like heavy metal music, right? Yeah. I love, heavy, I love heavy metal music. I've, I mean, uh, we've talked about this before, but yeah. heavy metal is if I'm, if you pull up next to me at a stoplight in Cincinnati and you see me calmly sitting there, uh, there's a good chance that the metal is on full speed, full blast in my car. And I'm just silently listening to it as if it were classical music. <laughs> I just, it, so, something to metal, about metal music just calms me. Maybe it's that I don't have to like be energetic. It, the music has the energy for me. Yeah. So I love it though. I'm a metalhead. Yeah. Wow. It's almost like, uh, you know, 
someone listening to classical music, they're like, you know, their eyes are closed and they're breathing it in. So that's it's it soothing to you like that? Absolutely soothing. I can fall asleep to the heaviest metal song you can find. Speed metal? Oh yeah, sure. I can fall asleep to speed metal. Sometimes it's really relaxing to me. I just I lie down and listen to it and just doze off. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. That's kind of what's going through my head when I'm on the mound, right? The speed metal. I, I was going to say, it kind of, you can relate to it, the, the noise that you hear on the mound or in a major league ballpark, particularly when you're on the road. So if metal sues you, being on the mound in 50,000 uh, Dodger Stadium won't, doesn't bother you. Yeah, I think my eardrums are probably not great after the years of metal. So the loud, cl- <laughs> loud crowds, like, they don't affect me the same way. Does the wife like heavy metal music? No, she doesn't like it. And guys in the clubhouse, for the most part, there might be one or two guys that like it. But no, people don't really like it. So I don't play it in the weight room. I don't play it in the clubhouse. And I've learned to enjoy pop and rap and, the, and country. So I've, I've memorized some country songs that I'll sing along to if they come on in the clubhouse. What about in the, the shower at home? Like I play a lot of music loud, you know, and, and when I'm in the shower, et cetera. Um, you blaring the music then or? If I'm in the shower, yeah, I'll, I usually don't play music in the shower. Uh, but if I were to play music in the shower, it would probably be metal music, I guess. Or I just sing it myself. Give us some groups. Who you listen to? What? Uh, my favorite group of all time is Throwdown. I'd say they're like a they're a metal group. Uh, uh, like a, I'm trying to think of the. It's called like metalcore. It's like hardcore punk rock mixed with metal. Um, so Throwdown's probably my favorite all time. I like Pantera a lot. Obviously, Metallica's classic. Um, there's some other good ones out there that you might not know about, but I, if I had to choose one, I'd go with Throwdown. Wow, I'll have to check out Throwdown. I'm very eclectic. I can, I'm like Mozart to Metallica, and most everything in between. Jim, you're a closet metalhead. I, I've been well, you know, I, I Pantera. I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, Metallica, obviously. I haven't heard Throwdown. I'm so going we'll to go to like a metal concert in Cincinnati sometime, and I'm going to see you over there in the corner just rocking out, cut off sleeves, bandana on. Okay, I'm looking for. <laughs> Maybe I'll just invite you. I should just invite well, you. Well, right? you know, I'm a product of the 80s, so back then it was actually rock made it into the top 40 now and then. Nowadays, you forget about it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I Van Halen, the original Van Halen, not that that's metal, uh, but that's hard rock. Uh, I've seen them live. They're incredible. Oh, yeah. the uh, Their first album literally changed my life. I'm <laughs> like, wow, I've never heard this. And I grew up, uh, you know, on Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, uh, you know, groups like that. So, uh, and kind of merged into when I went into college, uh, definitely Metallica was on the menu. Uh, Slayer, um, gosh, who else? Uh, Megadeth. Okay, I've got, uh, I've got a question for you. Yeah. If you could choose any song to be your walkout song, say you got a walkout song for the games, what would it be? Wow. Um, probably Unchained by Van Halen, just Very because nice. of the guitar at the beginning and how the, when the drums kick in, it's kind of... And it <laughs> yes, man, <laughs> totally. Well, every time, every time I, I think of you now, I'm going to think of you like lights off, spotlight in you, on you, just running, sprinting in from the bullpen uh-huh. to Van Halen. No one wants to see the view of me sprinting into Van Halen, sprinting into anything. Those days are, are in my past, unless I had some loose clothing on. <laughs> Ugh, bad, um, <laughs> but. I won't make you do the metal voice, by the way, which which I love, which which we've done before. Yeah, it might be a little much for a podcast. People that are calmly listening to this in their car might get blown out of their seat by me doing a metal voice yeah. right now. But I can, I can sing metal songs. If you're a fan, you want to hear it, come to the game and ask me. Really? Yeah. Wow, there you go, fans. Now, they can... Let's see, in the new... Your bullpen's down the right field line now. Can fans look down like they did in the old bullpen? Sure, during batting practice, if I'm shagging, I'll do my metal voice for anybody. Nice. There you go, fans. We'll we'll save it for then. If you want to do the metal voice from Jared Hughes, he's the man, and he's a man of of, of the fans. So I look forward to that. Very nice. Uh, you talked about first impressions of stadiums. Um, I don't know. Let's go through the league. If you have any stories of stadiums or players or anything like that, uh, I guess we'll start with you were a Pittsburgh Pirate yeah. at first. Um, when I say Pittsburgh Pirates or PNC Park, what comes to mind? 
Well, what comes to mind is when I first got drafted and I went there to sign, and I remember seeing that beautiful backdrop in right field, how they have the bridges and the downtown area. And of course, now Pittsburgh's the enemy, so it's not a comfortable place to play, and I don't, I don't enjoy playing the Pirates, right? But, uh, but the stadium is beautiful, and that, w- that would be the thing that would come to mind at PNC Park, is that signing there, uh, understanding my dream was to play there and seeing that beautiful background, uh, it's, it's, it's one of a kind. Any teammates you'd like to dish on? Uh, any memories of uh, banquet tour stories that stand out? At, at that stadium, you're saying? Any or any stories? teammates, anything for the Gosh, Pirates? Goodness. Yeah, I've got, I mean, of course, yeah. Reds, uh, I'm sure all Reds fans want to hear the dirt on all the Pirates players. Um, let me... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of any funny stories, though. Yeah, I just, I, I had a, we had some really good teammates, really funny teammates back then. Um, the, the funniest guy I've ever played with might be Scooter Jeanette, but a close second would be a guy named Rod Barajas, who was a catcher for the yeah. Pirates for a number of years. And he was just a complete Looney Tune. He could be a stand up comic for sure. I know he's, I think he's maybe a bench coach in the big leagues where he's managing a AAA now. And he is, uh, he's probably one of the funniest guys ever. Just if you've ever had that coworker or that friend that just has everybody rolling all the time, that was Barajas. And he was our catcher. And it, it just always provided a good atmosphere. We have that here with Scooter. He is hilarious. I'm not going to yeah. <laughs> just glance over this. Yeah. Scooter is the man that has taken that mantle now. Yeah. He's just, Every time you see Scooter, a smile goes on your face because he's got something to say and it's going to be pretty funny. And he's such a gamer too. So it's that funny side of Scooter is also that just kind of like grinder. He's on the field. He's getting after it. He doesn't care if he's dirty. His eye blacks everywhere. He's going to give it his all. It doesn't matter how he feels that day. It's going to be really, really fun to watch. Uh, I honestly think Scooter might be my favorite player in all of baseball. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now, why so? Because of that, other... because that dirtbag mentality. I went to Long Beach State. We were the dirtbags. Our jerseys were always dirty. Yeah. And I feel like uh, Scooter, although he didn't go there, uh, could be an honorary dirtbag just for his hustle. Wow. Yeah. He is a very unique character. Um, some of the, th- I mean, we went on a Reds cruise a couple of years ago and he was one of the Reds players and just a trip. I mean, got to know him really well then. Um, and you, you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah, which, which is, is great. And fans love it because, yeah. you know, he's not predictable. I'm kind of cookie cutter predictable sometimes, but he's <laughs> like, he's a, he could be, anything could be coming at you from Scooter. Now, when you were in Pittsburgh, did you um, develop um, their dialect a little bit? You know, they talk a little unique in <laughs> Pittsburgh, correct? Right, yeah, <laughs> p- uh, pierogies. I definitely, uh, I, I prefer Skyline Chili and, and Geta over pierogies, so... Yeah. You and you're not in. just saying that, that you're a red now, right? No, no, I'm not saying that because I'm a red. For sure, the, uh, the, Geta, the, the visiting clubhouse has it every now and then. We occasionally get it on this home side, but it's, it's really good. I love it. Yeah, yeah, you said when you first signed with the Reds, you're like, I, I really love Cincinnati and I love Skyline Chili. And we That's all right. thought, yeah, he's just trying to fit in. This That's guy right. trying to butter up the fans. But you found out you meant it. Yeah, it's got like cinnamon in it or something. And I'm a big yeah. cinnamon toast fan. So if you mix yeah. chili, which is really good with cinnamon toast, that's what I'm looking right. for. Yeah. Absolutely. The more goodness, the, more, the merrier. And you've settled into Cincinnati. You still like it? I love Cincy. Yep. It's a great place. We live pretty close to the stadium. So it's it's easy. The uh, it's I don't know. I just I, I love the river. Uh, I love the bridges. It's it. I went to I was on the south side of the river last year and there was like a sunset one day and I posted it on my Instagram. But I remember thinking to myself, Cincy is such an underappreciated, beautiful city, mm-hmm. especially in nice summer days with that sunset setting. There's no wonder it was the birthplace of Major League Baseball. There's no wonder because it's such a great place to play and it's so beautiful. All right, let's go through the National League Central here. Milwaukee, Miller Park. So my, my best memory from Miller Park was probably early in my career, my first uh, home run I ever gave up was to Prince Fielder, and it was his third of the day. And they had the roof. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know it was not a good situation for me. Um, but they had the roof closed, and the sound from the fans, they were going to playoffs, was echoing off the roof. And I almost had to like plug my ears because it was so loud. It, it, it hurt my ears. I didn't do it out there. That would have been like really embarrassing. But it was already embarrassing enough to give up the home run. But my, 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 my best memory from Milwaukee was. Uh, was the sound echoing off the rooftop. And I know I played there later on, and when I played there, I learned about bratwursts, and I love those things, too. Oh, the brats are outstanding there. Yeah, yeah. They got a good fan base, too. Just that whole 
the state of Wisconsin, uh, man, can they tailgate. And they are the nicest people. I mean, right. they are so nice. It's like going to Canada. I don't know if you've been to Canada much, but yeah. the Canadians yeah. are just yeah. so nice. You're like, how, how, you can get, how can you get 30 Canadians out of the pool all at once? Say, please. Oh, you, my gosh. No, yeah. no seriously. They're, they're so nice. They're please so don't nice. tell that joke to Joey. <laughs> but uh why but, not no i don't know i don't know if he'll appreciate it but i know that uh i know that they might be nice fans in milwaukee but that doesn't mean i don't like beating their team yeah absolutely yeah st louis bush stadium okay the first memory let's see memories about bush stadium uh the gateway arch is in the background which is beautiful um going oh i remember a good one is uh is going there and facing guys who i i mean grew up watching i mean i remember uh facing like albert pujols when I was first in the big oh. leagues, uh, he was with the Cardinals still. And he is, I mean, I remember people saying, kind of like Joey, if you want to get Pujols out, you should probably just throw it down the middle and hope he gets himself out. So that was, uh, that was a kind of an eye-opening experience. But the, one of the, another big home run I gave up in my career was off one of my best sinkers to Matt Holliday in, in St. Louis. And it was in the dirt almost, and he scooped it out and hit it in, way out over the bullpen. And I learned then that... I need to start looking into who the hitter is, not necessarily pitching to my strengths. So I had to yeah. pitch him a little differently. Do you have a favorite place to go? Favorite stadium? Uh, favorite stadium on the road is probably Los Angeles because I have so much family there. San Francisco is good too because it's cool in the middle of the summertime. Um, but yeah, I'd say probably Los Angeles just because it's great playing in front of family. I enjoy that. How did a straight laced kid come from SoCal? How did this happen? What is that supposed to mean, Jim? Um, you know... Well, it's a stereotype, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you think, uh, oh, he's from SoCal. He's maybe out there on the edge a little bit. Um, <laughs> I have that wrong, obviously. No, there you don't have you. I mean, you have it wrong, but that is definitely a stereotype that you get uh, kind of typecast into as a yeah. young baseball player. Mm -hmm. Is this guy's from Southern California? He's probably a little softer. That's what people always say. Oh, to really? Me. You too, got that? He's too nice. I got that all the wow, time. I was almost kidding, but you really got that. Oh, it was huge. It was wow. a. I didn't make the. Uh, I. I, I didn't make the USA team when I was 16 years old. And I obviously I've forgotten all about this. I haven't held on to this at all. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the reasons they gave me was because I was too nice. And I remember thinking like, yeah, yeah I'm I'm nice off the field, but on the field, I I mean, I'm going a, I'm going after people. There's no way I'm a nice guy on the field. These no. guys are clueless. And uh, I think I hopefully got the last laugh there. You flat out look mean on the mound. I mean, I love when you pull the hat down and you're just staring in there. You got that scowl on your face. I mean, I love that. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Yeah, I love <laughs> it too. I love having the opportunity to do it. That is outstanding. Yeah. I do. I do try to pull my hat down so the hitter can't see my eyes. And when I look into home plate, all I can see is the the very uh, the catcher's eyes, but nothing above it. Just the catcher's eyes and below. So that's kind of interesting. If you want to get an idea of what I see when I pitch, that's what I see. Wow. What's your least favorite ballpark to go to? Least favorite ballpark to go to? Um, that's a good question. I'm going to rack my mind. Probably, probably uh, Chicago, just because I've been in the Central my whole – the Cubs. I've yeah. been in the Central my whole career. They've always been the enemy. Um, they've always been the team – well, at least recent years, they've been the team to beat. Right. So going there, uh, there is definitely – there's no love lost. And uh, the day games is something where you really have to you have to get used to and you have to prepare yourself for. So going to Chicago is probably my least favorite place to go. Although I do respect the history of the stadium. What's it like when you go to the mound and you look out at the flags and they're blowing out at Wrigley? That's when you really hope the sinker's moving well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when the flags are blowing out, actually yeah. it helps the ball move more because there's more friction because the wind's in your face. So honestly, my ball moves better when the wind's blowing out. I probably, if you looked at the numbers, would get more ground balls. If the wind's blowing in, the sinker doesn't move the same, and sometimes I, the ball gets in the air more for me. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, I'm just going to throw out some cities here, okay. and you, if you have any memories of any of these cities, yeah, uh, Arizona, San Diego. Um, San Francisco. Okay, Arizona is going to be the uh, they. My first time I ever faced a pitcher was I faced Ian Kennedy there, and uh, excuse me, this is the this is the first time 
two ways. I ever faced a pitcher, and he then he then faced me the following inning as a hitter. So it was my fa- first major league at bat. So I'll tell you both st- sides of the story. As a, when he came up to the plate, I was so jacked up in my first month of the major leagues, I had no clue it was Ian Kennedy. I was like, Kennedy, who is this guy? Thinking he was a hitter, and I pitched around him, and I think I ended up walking him. So that was like a huge lesson learned, right? You better know who each hitter yeah. is. And then when you he, pitched around Ian Kennedy, yeah, that That's was outstanding. A, that was a big mistake. Uh, it's still I haven't forgiven myself for, it. but. My first major league at bat was against Ian Kennedy. He got me, I think, 0-2 or 1-2, and he threw me a fastball right down the middle, and I took a huge swing at it. And then before I knew it, the ball was the backstop, and I was running to first base. Uh, It turned out it was a curveball in the other batter's box, but I saw it as a fastball right down the middle. He's pretty good. He won 20 games that year, so uh, his curveball was working pretty good that day. Wow. I love going to San Diego. That's Mm -hmm. People say, what's your favorite place to go to? I just love... The city, the climate, our hotels right there by the ballpark. I like the ballpark. Um, everything about San Diego, I like. And in a, for a pitcher, you've got. I mean, it's a pitcher's park as well. San Diego's great pitcher's park. The there's a military, there's a navy base right there too. Yeah. I'm sure you've mm-hmm. seen them. Oh yeah. But you can go out over to the water and just watch them do drills. Watch the seals and their boats. Watch the Navy SEALs do the drills is incredible. I mean, that's maybe maybe the most memorable thing about playing in San Diego is the Navy SEALs doing their drills on the water. Because you go there early in the day, you walk over to the water, and you just watch these guys over in the harbor mm-hmm. doing things that are just incredible. Yeah. And I've talked to Navy SEALs since, and one of the guys said they go down to like the bottom of the harbor, and they like... I, like hold their breath and walk on the floor of the ocean. Some crazy drills they do. Uh, nothing but respect for those guys. Yeah, That's, I've read several yeah. books on Navy SEALs and when you the the training that they do to become a Navy SEAL, and not many guys can make it through. I mean, you you got to tap out or ring the bell as they do. Uh, right. It's just incredible. I mean, it's so much respect when you read about it, and if you meet one of them, uh, just a different breed of human being. You think you got it bad? I mean, wow. Yeah, and we, I've, I've met a few out there. I've actually uh, I've gone to dinner with a few guys that were Navy SEALs. And they're just it's just like I want to try to learn from them and be like, how can I relate this to baseball? But what they're going through is so different than any sort of game. It is, yeah. it is war, and it is impressive how well-trained they are. So all I can really get out of it is, is just a feeling of thanks and uh, just take away that they're incredible professionals. What city or stadium heckles the most? Because you bullpenners, a lot of times you're right amongst them. Okay, so the heckles the most is for sure Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. You know that originally they've got a double decker bullpen there, right? Mm-hmm. So originally they had the Phillies on top <laughs> when they first opened the stadium. Right. And it didn't take them long to realize, oh no, no, we're way too close to the fans here. So they switched to go down below. Right. Uh, it has to be crazy out there because Philly fans are, are notorious. Yeah, Philly fans are nuts. I've seen so many crazy things there. That bar that's above the bullpen, people just get loaded up and watch the game. And if it's not going well for the Phillies, they get really angry at the opposing bullpen. (laughs) I've seen everything from uh, pitching coaches screaming at the fans to fans fighting each other. I saw a fan throw a haymaker at a police officer. That fan is probably still in jail. Such a bad idea. Um, but uh, the funniest story I have from Philadelphia, and I don't know if this is okay to say on a podcast, so I'll, I'll just lay it on us. I'll, I'll, I'll change the names around a little bit. So we had a player on our team. We'll just say his name was John and John's wife name was Stephanie. Uh, and those are fake names, but so John's playing catch before the game with me. Right. And there's this fan with a ridiculous looking fedora on. And John looks up to the fan and he goes, and the, so the fan yells at John. He says, Hey, John, you're fat. Right. And my buddy is like, oh, come on, guy. Hey, nice fedora, buddy. And the fan looks down at John and goes, thanks, John. Stephanie left it at my house last night. So so it was this is it's a bad. Obviously, it's not a very PC story. But at the same time, the fan knew John's wife's name. Oh, man. He had it ready to go. I think that's a professional heckler. Then he wore the fedora on purpose to try to get. Oh, John, yeah. Yeah. When you do background yeah. for heckling, you're yeah. a professional heckler. Yeah. And there's a lot of them in Philly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, oh that was goodness. a bad one. That was a really bad one. But stuff like that all the time, the Philly fans come prepared yeah. to heckle. What about New York? You like going to New York? Yeah, I feel like I've got other stories where fans were like swearing at players in really bad ways in New York. Uh, but other than – I'm trying to think of one that I could tell. I can't really tell any of them other than um, – 
the Mets are surprisingly, in my opinion, worse than the Yankees in terms of trash talk. I've seen some crazy stuff come out of the crowd in, in New York yeah. playing the Mets. Uh, so overall, not stuff that like is like really, really bad, but stuff that may like you have a hard time not hearing, yeah. even though I always act like I don't. In New York and in Philly and even like a place like Boston, they're even heckling me. I'm like, I'm not even playing. I'm just a nerd. I'm just a TV nerd. What do you I mean? They're getting on me, you know, when I'm standing up doing a report or whatever. I'm like, wow, goodness gracious. You guys need to pay attention to the game. Who cares about me right here? Here, Not even in the game. Here's the catch, though, is I kind of I dig fans that heckle and they do so responsibly and and respectfully. I dig it because I'm a I'm a Lakers basketball fan. And I can say that because since he doesn't have an NBA team, but I'm a Lakers basketball fan. And uh, and when I watch the Lakers play, or if I go to games, there's a part of me deep down that just wants to heckle. And you know, I'm like, really? hey, I, I bought this ticket. I'm here. I'm upset. <laughs> so I should you be get able it, to, as long yeah. as it's respectful. Totally yeah. cool with it, and I, I understand. So I, I will never get upset at a fan for saying anything to me. I understand that they're they're there to enjoy the game, and part of that is they have a ticket and they can say what they want, kind of, as long as it's respectful. What's it been like being a Lakers fan and going through the down years that we're in right now? Right, every year I'm convinced that. Uh, they're going to win the championship. And I bet my father-in-law every year dinner that they're going to win the championship. And I owe him about seven dinners now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. We'll see what happens with LeBron there now. It's, there's a lot of drama, a lot of drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, uh, I don't know how much of that is, is real and how much of it is kind of drummed up for, I mean, kind of like a tabloid esque drama thing going on there. But overall, LeBron's incredible. I love the Lakers and I will support them win or lose. Oh, yeah. very nice. You know, you're allowed to like other teams, even if you said since he doesn't have an NBA team, so I'm allowed to like the Lakers. You're allowed to like other teams. True, but I appreciate our fans so much, and I would imagine the large majority of our fans are Bengals fans, so I would never say anything bad about the Bengals, and I do support them when they play. Who's your football team now? Hey, that's I guess i got to draw the line and just say the Bengals are my oh, football team. That's and I, weak. And Come I, on. And I would hope that all the Bengals players are out supporting us as well. Oh, there you go. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Um, all right, the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Any, any memories come to mind in D.C.? Oh, yeah. So, D.C., I remember the first time I went there, I did like the, I went to the White House, I went all these places, and then I got to the field and I was exhausted. And I was just like, what was I doing? Why did I go to all those places today? I'm so tired. So, that's something that I keep in mind now when I go to places that have a lot of things to see and do is to make sure I don't get too tired for the game because that's number one. No, absolutely. I'm a history buff, so going to D.C., it never gets old to me to drive by the Capitol or the White House, Just and I don't care what president is in there. Um, just the history of the place. It, you can just feel the, to me, you can feel the aura of it, just the awesomeness of that place and the monuments. It never gets old to me. Yeah, and I was I was born on the Fourth of July, so I have a lot of pride for our country. I think it's just instilled in me. How did I yeah. not know you were born on the Fourth of July? What's that like being a Fourth of July birthday boy? Oh, it's great. Every year I'm working on my uh, my birthday. Yeah, but I wouldn't really consider. But it ever work. the whole country is celebrating your birthday. Exactly. They're like they're sending off fireworks for Jared. Yeah. When I was a kid, my mom uh, told me that they were for me, and when I was about seventeen, I realized they weren't. Yeah. Now that I say the name Jared, uh, pardon this pun, but if it, has anyone said? He went to Jared. Oh, that was like uh, when I was early, early in my career, Clint Hurdle would, that was like his go-to line in press conferences. Yeah, like, <laughs> Come oh. on, yeah, he would always, manager of the Pirates. It made me wonder if he was getting paid from the jewelry store. Really? Yeah. How would he use it? In what context? Uh, he would just like, I went to Jared. And just stuff <laughs> just like that. Out of the bullpen? Oh, yeah. It's like, all right, hey, that's a good line, though. I love you, Clint, but that's a tired joke. Ooh, <laughs> a tired joke that I just laid on you. So that's all right. I, I do a lot of tired things. Speaking of tired, how about the altitude of Colorado? Now, I've seen guys that sprint to the mound or have gotten winded at that, ele- at that elevation. Is it a little different when you sprint to the mound at Coors Field? Completely different in Coors Field. You do get more tired when you run. Uh, that's good for me, though. I like being out of breath, yeah. so it works well for me. The ball, so many things are different about Coors Field. The, obviously, the ball flies further when, you, when they hit it hard. Um, but the ball moves differently out of your hand. And last year I did a little research on it and it seemed like pretty much everybody's sinker runs three less inches or so in Colorado. So it was cool to do that and then understand, okay, I can mix this in, in the game. I can start my sinker in a different spot than I usually do because it's not going to run quite as much. Right. And it's still a good pitch. You just have to use it differently. But 
over the course of time, pitchers have struggled a lot in Colorado, and I think that's because not only does the ball fly farther, but the ball moves differently, and they don't realize it. Wow. How about South Beach going to Miami? You a Miami type of guy? I, so I'm, I love the beach, but when I go to Miami, there's a few cities. When I go to Miami, when I go to New York, uh, a lot of times in Chicago, I don't leave the hotel room. And I'm, I'm convinced that a lot of these teams have good home records because there's so much to do in their city yeah. that players go out and get exhausted. Well, you can get exhausted at, at the team hotel, and we're not going to name the team hotel <laughs> in Miami, but the team hotel, you every room, it's the same music that's being played. It's... Twenty four seven. You could be a DJ. That's pretty good, or a beatboxer. Yeah. I don't know about that, but seriously, it's like this. They call it, I guess, house music. It, it's so loud in every. I mean, and you know, I'm sure we don't have the penthouse rooms that you guys do. You're on higher floors, but I've had rooms. I think that, we're like literally room neighbors, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> I've had rooms literally right above the pool in Miami, and. Till like two in the morning. Like, stop! Old man needs some sleep. So, I don't know. Miami's a tough one for me. You seem to have a lot of anger towards that. That's I do. Tough. It's. I'm it's gonna bring you some earplugs next time. Maybe something. an eye mask. So oh no, can... I I I play TV loud or music loud. Maybe I'll have to adapt to your playing speed metal. Yeah. And and falling to sleep with speed metal. In fact, I'll bring big old Bose speakers. Put them out on my balcony on the hotel and just fight back. Yeah. You know? They'll be oons, 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 and I'll be, you know. That's perfect, Jim. And the thing that's great, <laughs> I didn't even tell you about my speed metal sleeping, is you don't even need to worry about different beds because sometimes beds are uncomfortable. Usually when I sleep to speed metal, I sleep standing up in the closet. So it's great. And so in Miami, you close that closet door, you get the metal going in your ears, and you stand up and sleep. It's perfect. That is outstanding. Only from Jared Hughes. <laughs> Thank you very much. You got any American League stories here? Yeah, uh, as we wrap up. Yeah, going to uh, New York. The uh, I think the Yankees all time are good. Like I said, because there's mm-hmm. so many things to do in the city that players over the years have been exhausted when they play the Yankees. Sure, they have a big payroll and it's a big market team, but I think they've been better than maybe they otherwise would be because their city is has so much to do. Uh, let's see other American League stories. I've yet to play in Fenway in the majors. I played there in the minors or uh, in in amateur ball when I was in the Cape Cod League. Uh, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Texas is great for me because I can live at home or stay at home. Yeah, we well, are in Austin now, right? No, no I'm, in, where, I'm, north of, I'm north of Dallas. Like okay, five minutes. I got that wrong. I knew you were yeah. in Texas now. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything else in the American League. Any funny stories in the American League that people would appreciate? Uh, yeah, let's think about this. Seattle, there was they would bring a huge fish into the clubhouse. Guys would go down to the wharf and get a huge oh, yeah. fish and just put it in the middle of the clubhouse. That was good. But I feel like I have like u- re- random, unique little uh, little memories about every stadium I've been to, which I love. That's why I do my Instagram account. That's why I take photos of stadiums so I can have yeah. memories when I'm older and I can tell my kids. Oh, where can they follow you on Instagram? What's the handle? Underscore Jared Hughes is my Instagram account. And I'm, I post mostly pictures of Cincinnati now, but right. I, I might have to start taking some more of other ballparks like I've done in the past. Well, one day, if you would like to do this podcast again, would you bring in journals and just open them up and like, not the real personal stuff. I know there's some stuff you wouldn't want to share, but just open up the journals and look at, oh, hey, I remember this. But what if it's in all caps and it's just the same sentence repeated over and over? Jim Day must go. Jim Day must go. No, that's not good. You don't want me to show you that one? You know, there are probably people listening right now. Yes, yes. Jared's on to something here. I have the same journal at home. <laughs> exactly. They're stuck with me. Can you believe they put this ugly mug on TV still? It's yeah. unbelievable. What a country. Jim, I, I think I still am a big fan of yours i think you're underrated oh wow i appreciate that thanks for buttering me up uh jared hughes thanks for joining us on the gym day podcast we hope you will join us again you're an interesting dude man you're in europe not because you just buttered me up you are a pleasure to cover you're a pleasure to be around as a human being and i have nothing but the ultimate respect for you Thank you for having me on. I like talking to you. Maybe we should have like long 45-minute conversations in the off-season because this is fun. <laughs> Let's. Hey, uh, hopefully we'll be doing this podcast in the off-season. I'm going to take you up on no, this. No, I don't want to record it. I just want to talk to you, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then we'll get the real dirt. There you go. We'll see if Jared is wholesome in the off-season, too. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, man. Yes, sir. Good talk to you. I love walking around the corner and I see Jared Hughes 
inserting stuff into his into his journal. Or come around the corner and he's he's with his kids. He's with his wife. Um he's just a cool guy, man. I mean, he's just so friendly. And I wish every player, in fact, I wish every human being could be like him. And I'm not just blowing smoke, and I'm not trying to suck up to him. There are very few people that you come across that are an absolute joy in every facet of life. And that's Jared Hughes. It really is. All right, as promised, last year um, we asked him a series of questions that others have answered on this podcast uh, to get to know Jared a little bit more. We call it the terrible test. And again, this was recorded last year. All right, Jared Hughes. Morning person or a night owl? Morning person. I wish I was. What'd you have for breakfast? Today, a croissant from Starbucks. What is your perfect pizza? Just plain pepperoni is all I need. I'm a pepperoni guy too. Yeah, keep it simple, right? Yeah. Worst eating habit? In and out. It's a hamburger place in the West Coast. I can't get enough of it. I have this tradition that I go to In N Out Burger before I even go where I'm staying here at spring training every year. Yeah, I know it's and it's really just like uh, it's not very healthy, but it is delicious. Well, we don't have that in Ohio, so you got to take advantage for us at least at, when we're out here. So skyline, though, I might be uh, it might be my problem if I start really. My, yeah, I might have too much of that. <laughs> well, you're already endearing yourself to Cincinnati fans. You have a favorite movie of all time? Yeah, for the love of the game, it's just a really good baseball movie. I think it speaks well to it being a pitcher. Last movie you saw in a theater? Um, the Hitman's Bodyguard. I was not impressed. Not good? I mean, it was just too much action. I love action, but it was too much. Last TV show you binge-watched? binge watch would have been uh, make, Making a Murderer, maybe. I uh, was a little late on it, but I watched the whole thing all in like two days. Do you binge-watch a lot of TV? Yeah, Stranger Things, too. I binge-watched all of those in like two days also. What's the last concert you attended? Um, last concert would have been probably Green Day. I've seen them three times. I really like Green Day. Wow, Green Day, going back in the day a little bit. Uh, good group. Yeah, they're great entertainers. Uh, lead singer is just, I mean, he's always, always bouncing around the stage. He's awesome. What is uh, on your phone? How often do you text? Daily. Uh, it's kind of like the main, when you're in the clubhouse, the main way of communicating with your family. So I probably text every once an hour, I'd say. What's the phone app you can't live without? Wow. I really like Reddit to get all my news, so I'd say the Reddit app. Wow. Like getting news. I mean, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah, Reddit is supposedly the front page of the internet, and it's just user-submitted data and, and posts. So, yeah, it's good. Online shopping guy or the mall? I'll do both, but Amazon is my way to go if I need something quick. Isn't that like the best invention ever, Amazon? Yeah, I, I'm so glad I'm a Prime member. It was like yeah. really, no, this isn't an ad, I promise, but I, it was really quick for me. It took me a while to be a Prime member, but I'm like, wow, there's so many benefits to this. Especially with a kid and when you're on the road, you don't know the city while you're in and it's yeah. easy to get diapers right away. <laughs> there you go. Practical. Best gift you've ever received? Um, best gift? Probably a bodyboard in high school. I'm a surfer. I like to bodyboard. Uh, so that would be the best gift. You are a Big dude for a surfer. Yeah, that's why I bodyboard more, because I can lay down. I don't have to stand. <laughs> First celebrity crush. Oh, Sandra Bullock. My wife knows it, too, so I can say it. Sandra Bullock. So she's just good with it. She just knows anything Sandra Bullock. is. Yeah, she always gives me a hard time about it, too. <laughs> well, that's a good one, though. If you could spend a day with any celebrity, who would it be? Any celebrity? Uh, good question. Probably uh, one of the comedians. like Maybe Conan O'Brien. Supposedly he's a really smart guy. I'd love to talk to him. Yeah, he's all around very talented. If you could invite four famous people to dinner, who would they be and why? I would probably invite four great Hall of Famers. Uh, maybe like Jackie Robinson, Mickey Mantle, uh, Nolan Ryan. And uh, even though he's still around, I would love to sit him down for dinner. And, uh, you know, I'd put Joe Morgan in there, too. Or maybe Pete Rose, some great Reds. Really? Sure, yeah. Just kind of ask him about the history of the game and see what we're doing differently now. And, uh see what we should do better because I, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of aspects of the game that are changing and and some are good but some uh, maybe aren't as good in their eyes well, both those guys can talk so it would have to be a long dinner with dessert and the, the full deal so they would talk your ear off I would love it <laughs> if you could uh, visit any country that you haven't visited or want to visit what would it be I would love to visit Thailand um, I don't know. I've never really seen an elephant, maybe in the zoo once or twice, but I would love to go like they ride elephants and stuff. I, I'd imagine it'd be a lot of fun. 
something you can't travel without? Um, I can't travel without my phone charger. Sometimes I do, and that's annoying. <laughs> it's annoying because then you're like trying to milk the battery for as much as you got. Exactly. Then all of a sudden you have to go. If during the season you'll get like three phone chargers and you get a backpack full of them, and it's annoying. Well, everyone can relate to that. Uh, on the plane, window or aisle guy? I'm a middle guy, so on the team plane, usually I'll get my own aisle or my own row. So I'll just go in the middle and put the armrests up and have a full row. What about, no, I don't know, maybe you're a first-class guy, but what if you're flying commercial, you don't want to be a middle seat guy, do you? No, I'm not a first-class guy, and I'm a window guy, and I just like wedge my body against the window. <laughs> Good deal. Do you have a go-to karaoke song? Coolio Gangsta's Paradise, which was oh, really absolutely, and it was David Hernandez's walkout song for a number of years in Arizona. So he and I have bonded over that. You know, I was literally listening to that the other day, and my wife was singing every word of it. So perhaps a, a duet with her in the future. I, absolutely, I'm good. I'll, I'll go duet karaoke. All right, I'm going to hold you to um, Coolio. We're, we're really going back with Coolio there. That's beautiful. If you could be a professional athlete in another sport, which sport would you choose? Surfing. I love it. Pick a superpower, invisibility or the ability to fly. Ability to fly. I'd love to get places quicker. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, especially around traffic. Traffic annoys me. What's the best way to spend a Friday night? Watching Netflix with the family. Twitter or Instagram? Instagram. I love the photos. And you still can write on the bottom of them, so it's the best of both worlds. Puppy or kitten? Puppies. Uh, I've got a dog, 10 pounds. Name's Tilly. She's a little terrier mix. Love puppies. I'm a dog guy, too. If you could be an animal for a day, what would you be? I'd be a hawk. Just fly around and like uh, just eat rats and rodents and just have a lot of fun. Eating rats and rodents is fun? No, but the swooping down and like grabbing them is probably really cool. <laughs> I gotcha. Sort of like you sprinting out of the bullpen? Yeah, exactly. They're just flying on in there. <laughs> Favorite sporting teams? Uh, I grew up a Lakers fan, uh, so they're, they're my team. I, I watch their games. I, I'm obsessed with the Lakers. Well, you got to be struggling the last few years. No, because I'm a true fan. Win or lose, I'm a fan. You know, that's a good right there. You have any tattoos? No tattoos. Mom wouldn't let me. Wouldn't let you? I mean, no. still holding to that even though you're an adult? Yeah, but, but by then I was like older. I was like, I just can't start now. I'm with you. Favorite kind of music? Metal, but I like rap a lot too. But uh, I'm, in my car, it's usually metal. Really? Now, what? give us some groups. Uh, Pantera is one of my favorite groups. Um, I'll listen to some other bands. There's a band called Throwdown. They're really cool because they, uh, they're, they're straight edge, which means they don't do drugs or drink alcohol, and they just have this great music, and there's a lot of energy in it, and I love it. Do you sing in the shower? Absolutely. I'm always singing, definitely. Not with Pantera. Does that mean you're screaming in the shower? Yeah, actually, I've got a pretty <laughs> solid... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I get a pretty solid uh, metal voice. Wait, can, you, can you give us that again? Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. What music do you have queued up in your car right now? Uh, right now, just uh, probably one of the rap stations on XM radio. What would your autobiography be called? Wow. Uh, hmm. Sinkers and, I don't know, sprints sinkers and sprints the reds fans will find out about that soon enough what is the best and worst purchases you've ever made uh best purchase probably my uh smartphone right the first one i ever made i was just amazed by it worst purchase i ever made is i got an automatic pancake maker uh, <laughs> i got it on like the shopping network it was it was terrible it broke within a day it didn't work did you get any pancakes out of it? no we actually ruined the dish i actually tried to put them in it was just a mess Automatic, you know, the pancakes aren't really hard to make. Well, yeah, it was a big waste of money. That's why it was the worst purchase of my life. If you could know the absolute truth and total truth, the one question, what question would you ask? Hmm. We're getting deep here. Yeah, I'd love to know the whole, uh, whole Black Sox gambling scandal. What really happened? 1919? Absolutely. That'd be a, a great, it's a baseball mystery. I'd love to know the whole thing behind it. Well, there's a lot of stories about that in Cincinnati, obviously, with the Reds involved in the World Series. What is the most useless talent that you have? I can play ping pong without, like, invisible ping pong. I go, and it's, it's guys like it. It doesn't really play on the radio, but you'd have to see it. Well, the sound effects are good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's not many people can do it, but I'm, I've got that talent. If you could have personally, that, that, that one's beautiful. Can we have the sound effects again? 
<laughs> See, now that's radio gold right there. If you could have personally witnessed something, what would you want to have seen? Biggest wave ever ridden. Like I said, I'm a surfer. I would love to have witnessed the biggest wave ever ridden. It would have been the biggest crash you've ever had as well. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, probably so. The biggest wave ever ridden. Guy probably didn't make it or didn't. I'm sure he lived, but I don't know. I'd love to have witnessed it in person, though. Who is the best dresser in baseball you've ever seen? Uh, Starling Marte for the Pirates will show up in, like, white pants. Uh, Jan Mourinhez was an awesome uh, dresser, and he, I played with him for a while uh, with the Brewers. But uh, both those guys had great style. Who's the worst? Wow. I wear, like, the same pair of tennis shoes all year, so I might... They might vote you? Yeah, I don't know. I'd say, uh, yeah, there's some other ones out there, bullpen guys that just show up in sweats every day. I don't do that. Are you afraid of heights? Yes, believe it or not, I'm tall, but I'm afraid of heights. What else are you afraid of? Spiders. Oh, Spiders? Yeah, I'm terrified of spiders. Scorpions, too, in Arizona. Don't like them. Well, I don't think anyone likes scorpions. Spiders are very popular to be scared of as well. Yeah, yeah, those things are dangerous. Don't like them. Is there something that you constantly lose at home or lose anywhere? Yeah, my wallet. I've probably had like seven IDs over the years. That's not a good thing to lose, the wallet. No, and my, my wife gives me a hard time about it all the time because I just constantly lose my wallet. If you had a brainwashing machine, who would you use it on? Brainwashing? My dog, so she would obey all orders, and she would always sit when I told her to. So she does not obey orders? No, she's, uh, she's definitely uh, against authority. Does she run the house? Absolutely. She's in charge. <laughs> Share a personal fact about you that no one would guess. Well, I said the surfing earlier. Um, another personal fact, my nickname at one point in my life was the ostrich. you got to explain that. It's the way I run. Uh, somebody said I look like, uh, Troy Tulowitzki told me I look like an ostrich in college. So that's what, that was my name for four years. Is that because of sprinting in from the bullpen? Yeah, and I guess the way my head moves is kind of ridiculous looking. So he calls me the ostrich. We're going to have to make that one stick. Is that, is that stuck on broadcasting yet? I'm good with any nickname, so go ahead. As long as you got the big league uniform on? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's part of it. Winding down here. True or false, I can cook. False. True or false, I still do my own laundry. True. True or false, I'm a good handyman around the house. Very false. <laughs> true or false, I have watched The Bachelor. Just one season, true. One season? Yeah, I watched the first season with my wife and never watched it again. True or false, I have sung out loud to Justin Bieber. Very true. True. Yeah. For a metal guy? Never say never. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that song. I don't know one song by Justin Bieber. Well, that's your loss. Wow. You know, I'm going to file that away. I'm going to listen to Justin Bieber later on here today, just for you. True or false, I don't mind a good love story movie. True. Softy? Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely watch some romantic comedies, rom-coms. There you go. You even got the lingo down. And finally, true or false, this is the greatest series of questions I've ever answered. True. I need to meet who came up with Did you come up with these? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I did, I have to admit. Uh, you had a good offseason then. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it, Jared Hughes. Jim, thanks for having me on. Love the Pantera voice. <laughs> I, I can't even do it. Uh, but thank you, Jared Hughes, for your time. I hope you enjoyed it. Again, follow along on Instagram and Twitter at Jim Day TV. And please help us spread the word on this thing. And I've asked for this before, but particularly if you're on iTunes, if you can go on there and leave us a good rating, we'd really, really appreciate it. It'll help the future of this podcast. And speaking of the future, Mr. Perfect Tom Browning, a great storyteller. And he, man, you want to talk about a legend in Red's history. Well, we had a very interesting conversation and... I broke through the podcast bubble with him. He's never done a podcast, but he finally did one, and it's going to be right here on the Gym Day podcast. We've got more with Marty Brenneman coming up, and we're about to embark on Mexico and L.A. and San Diego, my favorite spot, my favorite stop on the circuit, San Diego, California. So you never know who I'm going to come across there. So be looking to future editions of the Gym Day podcast, and once again, Thanks for checking us out. Thanks for helping this thing grow. And until next time, I'm Jim Day. So long, everyone. <laughs>